Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir. And let me tell you, Jay Billis today is coming on for our annual NBA draft preview, which is Thursday night, the 29th from Brooklyn, New York. And it is going to be the very best draft, he thinks, in 20 years. So since LeBron, D. Wade, and guys like that, Chris Bosch were selected, this is, he feels, the best draft. So I think you're really going to enjoy his comments. We're less than two weeks away from Coaching You Live VIP experience in Las Vegas, August 7th and 8th, with some of the very best speakers we've ever had at our event so many head coaches, assistant coaches in the NBA sharing their knowledge with you. Uh, you know, I know a lot of you want to get the videos at the end and all that. You can't make the trip. That's fine. But for those that want to come, trust me, we've created a very safe environment for you. Socially distanced and all that you're really going to enjoy. It's a courtside experience. You know, you're getting to see and meet these speakers right up close ask them questions as they finish and during their presentation. And then, you know, getting a couple meals, you're getting a notebook and uh, T-shirts and things like that. But anyway, most importantly, you're learning. And that's what we're so excited about. So after this quick timeout from our great uh, friends at Fast Model, Dr. Dish and 360 Hoops, you know, we're going to be right back. We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class that can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.playerdevelopmentcenter.com. 
Play360Hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach Brendan Sir and our annual NBA Draft podcast with our dearest friend, Jay Billis. Welcome, Jay. Brendan, great to be with you. I can't believe it's been a year. It's actually been more than a year since they pushed it back over a month. So I, I feel I feel we're talking about this in July. It, it should be June. Right. Uh, you know, it, and it, it's, it's it, our whole... I, I still think I'm in the spring, you know, with the playoffs and everything. I'm all screwed up and with more than normal. And but uh, I tell you what, I, I feel for these kids, boy. It's been the longest year of their life, the college kids, and so uh, it's been a wild thing. And I, hopefully, these kids will get on to their next phase. And, and we're going out to uh, Vegas for the summer league, August seventh uh, to seventeenth. So it's it's just going to be crazy to have the summer league then. Yeah, it's going to be a whirlwind, but uh, I'm excited for everybody that they get back at least to a little bit of normalcy or closer to normal. And then, as you know, Brendan, this is the best draft I can remember since 2003 when LeBron, Chris Bosh, Carmelo, and, and Dwayne Wade were in the draft. I don't know that you know this current crop is going to reach those heights, but they certainly have the potential to. And, and it's younger and more talented than any draft I can remember. I mean, there's no LeBron. I don't want to get crazy here, but... Uh, I don't. I, I see some transformational talents in this one, and and it's going to go deep into the second round with guys that can really play. Uh, I I watched you uh, so many hours at the combine just to you know hear where you were coming from on kids and in uh, the interviews that you guys were doing and stuff. But why don't you go through <clears throat> as only you can do. And tell us about uh, the kids that you like in the draft, you know. And obviously, we don't know what's going to happen with trades or who wants likes who, but just the way you see them from evaluating them as college players. You know, Brendan, I think we've got four or five guys that in another given year could be the number one pick. That, that's how talented I think wow. this draft is. And uh, at the top of the list is Cade Cunningham of Oklahoma State, who I believe is a transformational talent, it is the type of guy that, uh, you know, Detroit has the first pick, so the name Grant Hill comes up a lot with, with Cunningham. Yep. I don't think he's quite as good as Grant was, but he's uh, more skilled, and, uh, and he shoots it better than Grant did. He's just not the, uh, the superior athlete that Grant was. But, you know, talk about checking every box that you have for a player. That's Cunningham. Uh, he is ultra mature, clutch in uh, in key moments, both on offense and defense, and has a, an IQ that is uncommon uh, for a player his age. And at 6'8", with a, a near 7-foot wingspan, he's, uh, he's the real deal. He can play the point. He can guard multiple spots. And he shoots 40% from three. Uh, tremendous smoothness to his game that, that he makes the, the difficult look easy. And, and as you know, that that's a sign of a, of a real player. Uh, and I, I think he's the clear number one, but reasonable minds can differ on that. And, and after that, I think it really, I, I'm not a big fan of the eye of the beholder type deal, but, mm-hmm. but there are multiple players that you could say, well, they deserve to be number one or number two. Uh, and there are a couple guys from the G league and, you know, Brendan, I'll be interested in your thoughts on this, that, that I think the G League, that, that you know, basketball observers of my age, I would say, need to wrap their heads around the G League being a legitimate place for a player to develop. And just because we can't see it like we normally did doesn't mean it's not a great option. And I think Jalen Green, 
uh, out of the G League at night. Uh, he's worthy of the number one pick. He's that good. And he was the number one high school player with Cade Cunningham and Evan Mobley of USC coming out of high school. And he did nothing in the G League to dissuade anyone of that notion. He, he can lead the league in scoring in his career multiple wow. times. That, that's how talented he is. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him go second as a, uh, a highlight film scorer. And then, then you have uh, Jalen Suggs of, uh, of Gonzaga, who is a 6'5", just great point guard prospect that not only can take a bump, he can dish one out. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody knows by now he's a quarterback in high school that could have played at Alabama or Clemson right. as a quarterback. And uh, ultra talented as an athlete and just has a, has a view of the game. Like he's surgical in how he takes apart uh, pick and roll situations. And then he makes these plays defensively that where if you and I were to sit down and, and start breaking down tape and we'd stop it and say, well, you know, he's not in a stance here and maybe he should be over here. But then he makes the play because he's playing the ball instead of just playing his man. Uh, and makes next level plays on the defensive end, whether they be steals or make a make a deflection, and then get it to somebody who gets it to the right spot. Uh, just sees like kind of the Wayne Gretzky type. It's not where the puck is; it's where it's going to be. Type of player. Yeah. yeah. And then Mobley, Evan Mobley, uh, maybe ten years ago would have been a no brainer number one. Um, he's he's so talented and uh, shot blocker, uh, rebounder, rim runner. Uh, and then a, a guy that can, in pick-and-roll defense, can get out on the floor and guard and switch off onto a point guard and guard him for two or three dribbles and then really bother a perimeter shot. Um, and I think his offense is good and and going to get really good to where he's – I wouldn't call him a stretch five because that's not what he is now, but I think he's capable of that. And uh, and so, you know, you, you start looking at a top four, top five, that, that caliber – and then when you get to the fifth pick, uh, you know, those four, I would think, are going to be gone in the first four picks. But, mm-hmm. but when you get to five, then you're talking about guys like Scotty Barnes from Florida State, who I'm not sure there's a better teammate in this draft than Scotty Barnes. And, and there's, not, uh, there's not a better individual defender than Davion Mitchell of, of Baylor, who I think is a top five player. Um, there's a lot of value in this draft, and, and we're not even getting to guys yet like Moses Moody from Arkansas or James Booknight from UConn or guys like that, that are going to be taken in the lottery that you're going, these guys could be all-stars. Like that's how talented this draft is. And uh, uh, th- there's a lot that has to be determined because they're so young, but I think we're going to see 20 players, maybe, maybe more than 20. I think the record is 18 of, of one year out of high school and drafted. Wow. Uh, we're going to see that record broken this year. That, that's how many good young players there are. Jay, I was, uh, let me just ask you a question. I was thinking before we were uh, going to do this session, I said uh, if Jay was not uh, the voice of ESPN basketball, what would he do in his life? And I think you would be an incredible general manager. If you were a GM in the league, do you take – and it's always been a big thing. Do you take what you need position-wise, or do you take the best in the lottery or the best available player? It's a the only time I don't take the best available player is if I've got a championship-caliber team that needs something right now mm-hmm. that, that that player that, that that a role that player will fill. Great. Otherwise, I take the best available player. Great point. Um, yeah, 
that that's my view and and of course it's easy to say when you're not the gm and and you're not bound by your decision uh and you know it's it's out there now because uh adrian wojanowski had me tell the story i actually got offered a gm position 10 years ago in the nba and i didn't didn't take it, it didn't work out but uh, I think I think you would see a, 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 a level of humility from me that has not existed <laughs> if I would have been a GM. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, I wouldn't have all the answers. It's easy to have all the answers when you have no accountability. That's a great position oh, to have. Uh, that is good. We, we should make Seth Seth a, a Greenberg a, a, a GM. Uh, but you know, but one of the things that I, I remember Fratello and I were when we were the Hawks, uh, we had no head coach, and Mike and I were in charge of the draft, and uh, so we did. It was so unsophisticated compared to now, and we went around and and Mike and I came back and told Stan Caston, who's you know part owner of the jo- president of Dodgers now. We said we want to pick Carl Malone, and he said, "Good, pick him, but not for our team. I'm picking John Conkac. I want a backup center. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, and, and that's where the humility part comes yeah. in because. You know, I'm one of those guys that uh, that I'll sit and talk to you about all my hits. It's my missus I'd rather not talk about. But, uh, you know, I think when you're uh, when when anyone is in a position of having to make a decision uh, and you're stuck with that decision, have to live with it. I remember Stu Inman back in the day who, mm. you, who you knew very well. Yeah. And I'm not sure there's there's a better basketball person that's ever lived than Stu Inman. And. And he made a decision uh, in the 1984 draft to take Sam Bowie, which at the time nobody quarreled with. But later on, you know, it's it's on your epitaph that you were the you, you were one of the guys that passed on Michael Jordan. Amen. And uh, and you know, I remember Bob Knight back then. Well, he had coached Jordan on the Olympic team, and and he and Stu Inman were really good friends. And Knight would would recount the the conversation he had with Inman. And and Stu had said to him, "Well, we really need a center." And and Knight's response was, "Then play Jordan at center." <laughs> I love that. I love that. Now, Jay, there's guys that that get into those wing type of players. Scotty Barnes and Leonard Hamilton. He just keeps putting out terrific players, right? I mean, it's amazing the the amount of kids that come out after one year there that are absolutely fabulous. But you have him. You have the kid book. Is it pronounced Booknight from Connecticut? Booknight, James yeah. Booknight, yeah. Wow. And then I am a big Moses Moody fan. How do you compare those guys? They're all different kind of players somewhat. They are They are different, um, but they have one thing in common, and that is a, a, a high level of skill in their position. Mm-hmm. Barnes is the most intriguing because of his size and length. He is a transformational defender. Mm. So he, he really can guard anybody, and he's willing to. Uh, and talk about a great teammate. He played at Montverde Academy with all these great players, and so it's, it's never been about him. And he was willing to come off the bench. He's willing to play whatever minutes he has to play in whatever role. He doesn't have to score to, to be effective. And, uh, and, you know, it's so great with these young players that I don't know how many years it's been now, but when was the last time you start you talked about a player going, well, character, I'm not sure. Like, these guys are all high-character guys. They're tremendous and kids. Yep. Good, re- really good young men that get it and uh, and are willing to – now, there are different levels of, of aptitude and mm-hmm. guys that are real real workers and willing to put in the extra work and are – are you know incredibly dedicated versus just dedicated and that's that's the the delta that the teams are looking for greatness it's it's unbelievably dedicated 
And I think that Barnes is one of those guys. Um, he's going to have to improve his shooting. He's an under 30% shooter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with his long arms, it's a little, um, uh, it's not fluid yet but he's got the ability to, to become a, a, a competent shooter where you got to guard him. And, uh, you know, there's some players we've said that about that haven't panned out that, that you expect that to happen, I guess. But I, I have seen it at least in, from my seat that more players are that, that aren't shooters when they're 18 or 19 can become good shooters with, with the work they put in. And I think Barnes is one of those guys uh, it's just not a natural skill of his yet, like passing is or handling the ball or or his his defensive aptitude. He he's the real deal in all those other areas. Uh, Moody is a, a a great offensive player, and he's big, long, and uh, and can get to the free throw line. Um, and that's a skill that we perhaps don't talk about enough. Right, is his ability to get fouled, and and when you can get fouled and get to the line, you're you're a weapon, and he is a weapon. Uh, I think he's got the the chance to be a really good defender. It's just going to take more of a commitment than he's shown thus far, but he's still really young. I mean, you know, remember back in the day when you'd have a a 22-year-old senior graduate, and we talked about it being a rookie that had a long way to go. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, now we don't don't even say that anymore because it seems like they're old men by the time they become 22. But but Moody's got an aptitude uh, for the game that uh, that I think is going to continue to uh, to be realized. And uh, and then Book Knight is a uh, is a fantastic scorer, great off the dribble. His numbers were not as good in catch and shoot situations, but he shot the, the shot the lights out in all his workouts at the combine. Uh, so that's not going to be a difficult transition for yeah. him to yeah. improve upon that. And uh, and and he's a guy that can get his own shot, which uh, which just adds to his value. The three more intriguing guys for me, and then we'll take a break, is, uh, you know, the Kaminga kid, uh, you know, who also I think was G League Ignite. Uh, your thoughts on him? He is 6'8", long-armed, uh, super bouncy, athletic, and, and talk about betting on the come. He's got a ton of ability, and I think early on in his G League career, there were a lot of people that were questioning, well, why isn't he being talked about as a number one pick? Wow. And he didn't, he didn't perform quite as well uh, at, 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 throughout the course of the season. He had his ups and downs, as you'd expect for a player that age playing at that level. Um, so that's not a big concern for me. It's just, it's just uh, you know, when you compare him against the others, you say, well, who would you take first? It's not that he's not worthy of being a, a top five pick. It's just you might say, well, Barnes can do this, this, and this, and uh, Mobley may be a little bit better. Let's take Mobley. Uh, so you have things like that that are going to enter into the equation, but it doesn't mean that he wouldn't be a top. He, in another draft, he's a top five player, and he may wind up going top five in this one. Um, but that's the beauty of this draft is there are a lot of important decisions to make that, uh, that you know, you're not going to be pounding the table going, why did you do this? Um, uh, you know, one may work out better than another long term. That's the nature of, of the draft. But uh, uh, I think there's going to be a lot of, of decisions made that you're going to go, you know what, I, I might have looked at it differently, but I, don't, I can't argue with that. That's a, that's a good decision. I might have done it differently, but, but I'm not going to argue with it because you're talking about two really good plays. It's, it's kind of like if you go back to my, my uh, uh, comparison to 03, there is a lot of uh, similarities there. So, you know, you say, well, wait a minute, what do I do at number four when I've got uh, Chris Bosch or Dwayne Wade? You know, how do you make that decision? You, that, that's, you can't go wrong in a way, 
Um, but, uh, but you're talking about two players now that are locks for the hall of fame. And at that time, could you tell that, uh, I remember <laughs> thinking about Bosch and this shows how, you know, Neanderthal, my thinking was, oh, geez, he doesn't really like to play with his back to the basket. And like you idiot. Why did you care? <laughs> I mean, look, look at him now. Uh, what a career. And, uh, but that's the kind of decision we're looking at. I think in this draft where you're going to be saying, okay, which potential all-star should we take? And uh, that's a good, <laughs> I think that's a good position to be in um, rather than a bad one. And, uh, and, it, and it's going to make it a lot more fun to watch. This is going to be, I, as far as fun to sit there and hash through a draft, I can't think of one that I've looked forward to wow. other than the first one more than this one. Let's take a quick time out. And I, I have, there, there's so many more players I want to talk about. We'll be right back with Jay Billis. Prepare like the pros with the new FastDraw. FastDraw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With FastDraw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content resources through their blog and play bank, which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next FastModel purchase. Jay, we keep coming back. I, I keep looking at the names I have on my list, and I've looked it through 12 different mock drafts. I have so many good players that still we haven't even discussed yet. Uh, talk, we talk, let's go on Davian Mitchell now because I, I think he he could go anywhere from five to eight if you fall in love with him as a, just a lockdown defender or whatever uh, as an athletic guy and, and a great driver to the basket. Thoughts on him? Super explosive. Uh, he's got a gear that very few players have to be able to blow by and get to the basket and beat a shot blocker to the rim. Mm. and explode to, to the basket. Uh, he's a much-improved shooter. He started his career at, at Auburn, playing for Bruce Pearl, transferred uh, to Baylor. And he, if I remember the right numbers, he was probably a 27% three-point shooter when he transferred. And this last year, shot 45%. Wow. Uh, he's like a fire hydrant with a head on it. He's, he's unbelievably well-built and strong. And, and as an individual defender puts the best pressure on the ball of any player in this draft. And, and I don't think that's a close call. Uh, he impacts the game at both ends, but especially on the defensive end. Uh, so he could, he's a, a game changing point guard, I believe. Um, now who do I, you know, I, I'm not sure I can pick a comparison with him and say, okay, he's just like this guy, but he's one of those guys, Brendan, where, where you, if you, if you, if you, go with success and failure like uh and say uh, you know there's some players that get drafted high and they they relative to their expectations that they, they fail to to reach their height mm -hmm. he's not going to fail he's not going to fail he's going to be a really good nba player for a long time and he's gonna you know i don't anticipate health being an issue and he's a worker man he does not leave the gym he loves it and uh so I, I i would be surprised if he lasted beyond the top six or seven wow and so when when golden state is picking at seven if they decide not to trade it they could have a decision do we take scotty barnes if he's still there do we take davion mitchell do we take book Knight? you know there are a lot of good options but i wouldn't be surprised to see 
because uh, what a compliment he would be to Curry and, and Thompson when Thompson gets healthy. And, Absolutely. and that's what's that's what set Clay apart to me when he was coming out of Washington State is not only could he really shoot it, but man, that dude is a competitive defender. Right. And and that's what Mitchell is. He is a competitive defender. I mean, he takes it seriously and uh, he's got a grudge when he guards people. And uh, and that's an awfully nice thing to see. He reminds me of the other Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, somewhat, except he's more renowned than when Donovan came into the league, right? I mean, you know, yeah. he's going to be picked higher, you know, and what a player he turned out to be. You know, we used to say, uh, you know, Dean Smith was the only one that could hold Michael to 15 a game, right? You remember? I, I, I tease Patino every time I see him. You're the only guy that could hold David Donovan down, you know, because that kid but- has exploded in pro basketball. The real deal. And, and it was funny when Quinn Snyder's, you know, is one of my really close friends yep. and, and we had talked just before the draft and he said, what do you think of Donovan Mitchell? And I said, I said, I think he's got a chance to be great. And, uh, and Quinn said something in response. He said, I think he's Russell Westbrook. Wow. And, and I was like, man, you're right. He is. <laughs> and, uh, and he turned out to be all that. And then some, uh, and just a great young man. And, and it's a similar thing with, uh, with Davion. That he he is not going to he is not going to fail to to meet the expectations that he has. It's just a question of how how good he's going to be, and I think he's going to be outstanding. So we all all coaches uh, say you know shooting is the you know the thing that's the difference maker. If you can make shots, you know you can play no matter who you are. Uh, but we, this kid has a lot more to his game than that, and Corey Kispert. And, you know, I know you love the whole Gonzaga team program coaches. I do, too. You know, I just think that's that's the real deal there. Uh, your thoughts about him and how he fits into a team? He is, he's got good size. He's uh, sturdy and, and has fiber as a player and unbelievably mature, and he can really shoot it. Any sort of shot that he gets, he's going to make it. Uh, he can shoot off the dribble. He can catch and shoot. He's got really deep range. Uh, he's an excellent cutter. And that's sort of what, what I think sometimes gets lost when you talk about shooters is his ability to find a shot. And he can get himself open. And he can run all day. Uh, uh, and I think he guards well. Uh, that's an underrated aspect of his game. Like, is he uh, this superior athlete that, uh, you know, is LeBron type? And no, but but he's got so many other qualities that make him a top 10 talent. And I do think he's going to go in the top 10, but if he goes 13th, what difference does it make for him? Sure. Because he's the real deal. And, and to be able to shoot it like he can, and, and he's got a maturity to his approach that is uncommon. He, he's worked really hard in his career to go from being a, a talented shooter to being a complete player. And he's also a leader. And, uh, and, you know, I, look, I've gotten a little pushback ranking him in the top 10 that, People are saying, well, look how he got uh, compromised against Baylor. Well, they got beat, but, but he, wasn't, he, he wasn't out of place in any way. And, and that, that, there's a difference. Like, you know, you have, you have teams, you know, you play two great teams. One team's going to win. And, and, you know, Baylor had a great game. They, they proved to be better in that scenario. I think if it were a seven-game series, I think it would have gone seven. I really believe that. Mm. But uh, but Kispert Kispert is and that shows the strength of the draft is we're talking about him in another year. He'd be top five, top six. And, wow. you know, he's lottery for sure, I believe. But uh, but you can make an argument for some other players ahead of him. But it's not to say that he's he can't play. It's to say that that, man, there are other guys that can really play, too. And that's a that's a nice position for any 
you know, any draft is to have this many quality players. Are you a, a the kid from Michigan, Franz Wagner? Are you a, f- a fan of his? I am because he's multidimensional mm. and uh, he's not going to be a primary scorer for anybody, but uh, he's going to have, you know, he's got the ability to knock down a perimeter shot. Another guy who's an excellent cutter and an excellent driver uh, and really good passer and a ball mover. And then he's also uh, equipped to guard multiple spots and do it effectively because he's got an aptitude for this. Like he understands the game and he understands his position in the game as one of five out there. Uh, So I think he's easy to play with and he's hard to play against, which I think is the mark of a really good player. Jay, who are some of the other guys? We had so many good freshmen this year. Cam Thomas is from LSU, who's like a professional scorer. I went from the first day I saw him, you know, all the way, you know, to all these kids, you know, you know, whether it be, you know, <laughs> the Keon Johnson kid who remind me of yourself in college, you know, the way you jumped, you know, and stuff. But, <laughs> but, 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 but if I jumped off a ladder, maybe yeah, I could but, with, with but you know, t- talk about some of the other kids that intrigue you in the draft. Well, one, they're, they're both the Johnsons. So Keon Johnson of Tennessee and Jalen Johnson of Duke. Uh, Keon Johnson is one of those athletes that don't come along very often. Uh, I think everybody knows now. And that's one of the values of the combine when mm-hmm. some people say, hey, not all the players play. We got to fix the combine. Just having those guys go in and jump and get <laughs> measured is worth having the combine because he jumped 48 inches and set a new record. And he, he's a great defender, uh, rebounder, runner. Uh, his offense is coming. Uh, I think he'll become a good offensive player, uh, but he's so gifted athletically that, that he's going to be able to get the things that he doesn't have now. Um, so I, I think he's another guy that, that will be knocking on the top 10 door. You know, I've got him ranked eighth. Uh, Johnson, Jalen Johnson of Duke is, uh, is a really interesting player because he's uber talented. Uh, and you know, it's funny. He was a controversial player because he opted out of the end of the season, but I I give him a little bit of a pass on that. Um, I would certainly want to satisfy myself as to why I'd want to hear what he has to say. His public comments haven't been satisfying to me, right? but, uh, but you know, I don't expect his public comments to be, uh, but privately I'd want to know a little bit more. But, uh, you know, he, he suffered a little bit from, you know, a little bit of anxiety, I think, and, and having the pandemic year where those guys were cooped up, they're, they're, the Duke season did not go well. So there was a lot of, uh, a lot of pressure that would not have been on otherwise that, uh, that perhaps, you know, caused him to say, you know what, I've had enough. Um, I, I would have counseled against him doing that because what I would have said is, look, playing poorly is one thing. Uh, you can explain that. It's a lot harder to explain quitting, and and it's okay to say he quit because he did. But but I don't I don't have a huge problem with it uh, to the point where it would be disqualifying. But you'd want to ask some questions and satisfy yourself as to what's behind it. But he's he's uh, you know he had multiple sixteen rebound games. I mean, right before you know a few games before he decided to hang it up. Uh, when he'd been injured and he'd been in and out of the lineup, he came back, they played Pittsburgh and lost by a bucket. If I remember right, I think he had 24 points, 17 rebounds, seven assists and four blocks. And at that time, everybody was saying, Hey, Duke needs him back and playing. And then later on, you know, after he quit, then, you know, he got onto all this stuff about they're better off without him. And they were not better off without him. They weren't, they were not a better team without him. Uh, none of that is true in my view. 
but uh, but he is a very very talented player, and it's I look at him a little bit like I look at Michael Porter Jr. Even though the situations mm, were different, Porter sure. Jr. was injured. He had questions about his back, but at some point he became uh, a, a quote unquote risk that was worth taking. I think he got taken thirteenth, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah, thirteenth or and, 14th, uh, right. Exactly. And so so Johnson's in that category. It's a little bit of a different scenario. But I could see saying, well, there are other there are other players that don't have question marks, so let's take them first. But at some point in the draft, and I think it's right around 12, you're saying he's too good to pass up at 12. Um, you're not going to get anybody that talented. Uh, so so he might be the guy there where you say, okay, do I take him or Moses Moody or James Booknight or whatever, um, or Corey Kispert like we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But Johnson's really t- unbelievably good passer great in transition. He doesn't shoot it great. That's got to be fixed and he's got to become a more competent shooter. But I think he could do that. Uh, but the other things I think he does well. And, and I think he's got to be a more focused defender, but that that's true of a number of guys that are 18 years old. Do you have a, a feel for any of the foreign kids that are in the draft? A little bit, but you know, I think there are a number of foreign players that are going to be, are going to be taken in the first round. Some mm-hmm. of them are going to be, you know, draft and stash perhaps. Right. But I think there's so much value that uh, that you're going to see guys taken that, that you feel like can come in and play right away or help right away. Uh, so I don't think there are as many of these guys that maybe you don't know. I mean, there's no Luka Doncic in this draft where you go, right. hey, maybe he should be taken number one type of deal. But, you know, I mean, even when Doncic came out and they had the, the Trey Young trade and people are going, why would you take Trey Young? You know, he's not he's not this. He's, and then he takes his team to the conference finals. Sure. Um, and it's turned out to be a great NBA player. Uh, there, there are going to be a number of guys like that in this draft where you say, hey, Io DeSumo is not, not slated to go till 20. And you go, hey, man, he's a lottery talent. Um, Chris Duarte, who's 23 years old from Oregon, uh, he's NBA ready today. And so whoever drafts him is going to get a player who can step in and play right away. Wow. Uh, will, will he play as long? Probably not. But but you know, are you willing to trade a year on the back end for a year now? I would be. 100%. Yeah, you get an eight-year player or something like that nowadays. Yeah, you take it. Absolutely. And then Trey, Trey Murphy uh, from uh, from Virginia uh, is another intriguing guy that could go really high because he's a he's an outstanding shooter at six eight. And he transferred in from Rice, and and when when would you have ever heard this? So he left Rice to go to Virginia because he wanted to be a better defender. He wanted to really learn how to play defense. And I, I don't think I've ever heard That's, that. Before. I was just going to say, know, it might be guys try, I got to get more shots or I got to learn how to play point guard or whatever. And he wanted to be a better defender and became one. And uh, both Bobby Marks and Mike Schmitz, who are just fabulous talent evaluators, have said that they've not interviewed anyone that they've put above him as far as uh, his basketball IQ, his maturity. A guy that gets it. Uh, they they felt like he was an absolute pleasure to deal with, and uh, and you know that that's I don't want to say that's unusual, but but it is uncommon to have people rave about somebody like they rave about uh, about Trey Murphy. Yeah, Bobby Marks and Schmitz is incredible. I mean, when when you when I watched him a few years ago, I said to you, this guy's the best. I mean, I, he is a stud personified. Oh. And he should. He's the one that should be a GM. Oh, I mean, he's got a great view of the game, and and you know, kind of like Jerry West. Like one one uh-huh. of the things I've always admired about Jerry West is 
I'm not sure there's been anybody in basketball history that has had his backside on more uh, <laughs> more gym seats than Jerry West has. I don't think Jerry West has a magic eye for the game. I think he works harder than everybody else. Pretty good. And uh, and that's where I put that's where I put Mike Schmitz. Wow. And 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 Bobby Marks, who I've known for years, I I, I think I don't understand why he is not uh, running a team because. I mean, I can't wait for the game to be over just to see what he puts on Twitter. I mean, he's freaking yeah. brilliant. And, uh, and he, I mean, I would just hire him just to sit next to me and make me look halfway smart. I mean, you know, that's a he's, – he's – those two – some teams should hire both of them on the same team. They'd kill it. <laughs> but, they, would, they would kill it. It would be a huge loss for ESPN. But, yeah, uh, no. but yeah, that's how good these guys are. I, I agree a thousand percent. Any, any guys that I, – I think in the second round we're going to have – fabulous players that are going to be that are going to have fabulous careers i mean uh the, because there's so many good kids that are in the draft that haven't dropped out any that you any guys that you just like in you know that you just say you know you, you just like these guys no matter what they're pick mid late first or second round you just see them as good nba players one of them's Jeremiah Robinson Earl from Villanova, who reminds me a little bit of Sadiq Bay, who also came from Villanova. That's probably why the comparisons made yeah. because they were, you know, next to each other. But Robinson Earl is a is a next level defender, um, maybe the best pick and roll defender among bigger guys that I've seen in my time wow. at ESPN. Uh, he's not going to get a bunch of steals. He's not that type of guy, but he's always in the right position. He always makes the right decision. And, uh, and just, he's a team guy. And so he's not going to wow anybody except, except they're going to be wowed by how often he does the right thing. And, uh, and consistency in doing the right thing is a, is a talent and he's got that. Uh, the other would be Isaiah Jackson. Uh, because Amari Stoudemire, my athlete. That uh, probably his ability level got obscured a little bit because Kentucky struggled such uh, this last year, but uh, athletically, he's he's uh, off the charts, and uh, and I think he's going to continue to mature into an outstanding player, and I think has the ability. Yeah, I think he's going to be a top, you know, a first round pick, this round pick, but wow. uh, but really, really a talented, talented player that uh, I think will do very well in the draft, and then very well, very well in the NBA. Uh, there, there are a number of guys that I think. You know, have a Brandon Boston, BJ Boston of also is a guy that uh, that absent at last year and a little bit. You know, if the draft were before last season, he was a lottery pick, and so you're getting a lottery talent that will probably go in the second half of the first round or in the second. Wow! But that that's sort of how how good this draft is, and. Well, Austin Reeves of, of Oklahoma is another player that in the in, early in the second round, I mean, it's possible the first round, but he's an intriguing prosecutor. Jeff Hornacek. Yeah. Uh, he probably at this stage of his career is a little bit of a better negotiator. He can play the and uh, not super athletic, shoot, uh, outstanding passer, tough. You know, started his career at Wichita State, had a shoulder issue, was, was seen mostly as a shooter. And then under Lon Kruger became what I would consider to be a complete player. But I think it speaks to what we were talking about before. But like this is a this is a draft full of really good players, and 
when you're talking about a guy like Reeves as a second round pick, he can help you right away. And uh, so that that's the kind of draft this is. It's really really kind of exciting in that way. Did you um, um, a couple of kids? That, I remember I had at the top 100 camp Zaire Williams from Stanford. Now, kid from LA. I really what a wonderful kid. Do you like him at all? I do lottery pick, uh, yeah. and I think he is is climbing up again in in the draft because really he's got size and really shoot him. Great kid, and then the other one, great kid. I loved his talent when I saw him when he after he I think he sat out initially at Auburn was Sharif Cooper, a really talented yes. kid uh, as a guard. You know, uh, as a guard, you know? talented, terrific hand, uh, string with him, not a shooter. But can score, and uh, and his assist rate is ungodly. And but he's small, so oh, it's one is? of those things okay. now. Where in today's game, like ten years ago, you say too small. Um, not anymore. Uh, he played, and so he's another guy that, that maybe in another year will be a lottery pick. Maybe he's going to be pushed down toward the middle. You know, not the middle, maybe in the twenties. Yeah. Um, but he he's worked up higher than that because of his talent level. Uh, and again, you know, you keep the same thing. You know, we're talking about that guy going, my God, we're talking about him there. That's how good this draft is. Uh, that, that's that's pretty strong. Jay, I I, I can't wait to see uh, on the 29th uh, the draft because I haven't heard you this excited in years, man, in exactly 17, 18 years. But, uh, but this is going to be fantastic. And as always, I am – putting my hands together in prayer and, you know, thanking you as always, because uh, this is so great. And, uh, we, and we love that we are able to do this with you every year. I thank you, my friend. Well, if you ever need anybody to talk about something they know nothing about, but do it confidently, give me a call. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I really want to see the clips from you at the American century. That's what I've been looking for to see how you played out in Tahoe. You know, get airborne on command, which is all I can ever hope for. <laughs> hey. I didn't kill a spectator. I did not kill a spectator. So that that was a that was a real pot. Didn't even hit one. That's pretty damn good, boy. I'll tell you, Jay, you're the best man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Incredible, incredible, Jay. And I'll tell you what, I can't wait to see Thursday night because I think there's like there's literally, and I've done so many of these drafts as an NBA coach and executive. You know, there's 14 draft lottery picks. I think there's over 25 players that could be lottery picks. That I've never seen this before. So many kids that are one and done, and into and being able to come into the draft. I think it's fabulous. So we're going to really see it. And can't thank Jay as always. He's just he's the smartest in the business. So I love I love what the insight that he gives us. So until next week, hopefully we'll see you guys in Vegas. But until next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir.